You are locked on Packers. I feel like we can run the table. We really do. Your daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Rodgers gets out. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Floats it. Your team. Oh, every day. Touchdown! You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for SB Nation and Packer Report. I cover the NFL around the internet, and you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts. You will find Locked on Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet. And the show for fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. Today's episode is brought to you by 1010. 1010 is an exclusive collection of one-of-a-kind engagement rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today. This exciting limited edition collection of diamond engagement rings launches on January 18th, and you can preview it exclusively at BlueNile.com. Our Wednesday Zhao You Doing? How you doing? Is coming up a little bit later. Lily Zhao from Fox 6, fresh off the Giannis Super Max extension coverage, is joining us on the show today to talk a little Packers football. And we may even sneak in a Giannis question or two as we look forward to this Carolina Panthers game. And we had some news, and, and I want to break it down a little bit in, in further depth tomorrow. Um, as we we preview the game more on Thursday with our crossover Thursday. Um, but Christian McCaffrey was ruled out. Uh, and so he will not play on Sunday. Well, Saturday, because it's a Saturday game. I said Sunday earlier. It's a Saturday game. Christian McCaffrey will not play. So that is a pretty big drop-off to Mike Davis, even though uh, Davis has been a, a quality player this year. Christian McCaffrey, one of the three best uh, running backs in football and, you know, one of the most dynamic, explosive players that we have in this league. I want to t- start today with something else, though. A few shows ago, we talked about the case for Aaron Rodgers as the MVP. The case for Aaron Rodgers as MVP is very similar to the case that you can make for Matt LaFleur as coach of the year. And there will be some people who say, well, if Aaron Rodgers is the MVP, Matt LaFleur can't be coach of the year because Aaron Rodgers is the MVP. And if Rodgers is the MVP, it has to be because he was most valuable. And if LaFleur is coach of the year, then that means Rodgers is somehow not as valuable. First of all, that's garbage. Um, this has happened before where where teams have had the MVP and the coach of the year. Uh, and it, it's just a, a silly argument. And it, it is one of the reasons why, you know, Mike McCarthy did not get the recognition early in his tenure that he deserved because he had Aaron Rodgers. And uh, I think it's the reason that that Coach LaFleur was not in, in greater consideration last year for the award because he had Aaron Rodgers, despite the fact that going into the end of the McCarthy era. There was all of this discussion about the eroding skill set of Aaron Rodgers. The same things that we can say about Aaron Rodgers as the MVP. You know, Patrick Mahomes doesn't have the same kind of talent. This is something that was part of the offseason narrative, and we know that narratives drive these awards. In the offseason, everyone decided... The Packers 
failed to add talent. Their Vegas win total fell after the draft as if they got worse or as if I suppose the the charitable reading of that is Vegas was building in the idea that the Packers would uh, they would add a receiver or an impact offensive player. And when they didn't, you say, OK, well, sorry, you're not going to be as good. The Vikings had better odds to win the division. Uh, they had better odds to win the Super Bowl. Green Bay was like fifth or sixth in the NFC. They were going to be a wild card team. Remember all of the talk. Oh, fraudulent 13 and three team. The most fraudulent 13 and three team ever. The worst 13 and three team ever. And going into the year, they were going to regress. Bill Barnwell at ESPN had them as the number one regression team because of their close game record. Eight and one in close game, one score games last year. So if this award is supposed to be about exceeding expectations, then we have to be clear about what the expectations were. Because the expectations Broadly speaking, national narrative coming into the year was that the Packers were going to regress. They were going to be a 9-7 and seven team, an 8-8 eight and eight team, 10-6 and six if they were lucky. In fact, their win total was 8, and I saw it some places at 7.5. So they were projected as an 8-8, eight and 9-7 eight, and seven team. They look to be a 13-3 and three team. So we have to we have to reset, right? Because now that we've seen it, you go, oh yeah, Aaron Rodgers is great. He's the MVP. And so Coach LaFleur, well, there he's great because Aaron Rodgers is great, except the core reason that Aaron Rodgers has been so great this year is because of how the offense has changed, how it's empowered its quarterback, how it has moved Devontae Adams around. Devontae Adams has been the best receiver in the league from the slot this season, leads the league in touchdowns from the slot this season, and is playing there much more than he was last year. This offense looks more like what Matt LaFleur wants it to be. He had to get buy-in from his quarterback in the offseason for that to happen, had to get him to, to buy into the pre-snap motion, the heavy play action, and all of the things central to what Matt LaFleur wants to be. And guess what? He got it. And that is why this team, with no additional talent, think about how you improve as a team without adding players. It has to be the players on your team get better, play better, are better. Well, how does that happen they get better, and that's a credit to them, but putting them in the right positions to succeed and helping them get better, that is coaching. That is coaching. And that's the position the Packers are in. Back to the question about narrative. We act now as if, oh, the Packers are, you know, they're a 12-win, 13-win team. And they, well, they were 13-3 and last year in the NFC Championship game. And that's why we were so annoyed, blah, 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 about what happened in the offseason. Except most people, even a lot of Packer fans, thought this team was due for a major regression. I, I thought they were probably an 11-win team, not a 13-win team. You know, 10, if they didn't get the right injuries, could be a 12-win team with the right injury luck. And they've had injuries, and they've been over able to overcome it. But let's just use the Vegas win totals as an example. 
The Packers were eight and a half, even eight. I mentioned seven and a half some places. If they go 13 and three, how different is that than, let's say, the Washington football team? I think Ron Rivera is probably not getting, likewise, not getting the the respect that he deserves in this Coach of the Year discussion. But they were a four and a half win Vegas over under before the season. If they go nine and seven and Green Bay was an eight and a half win total and they go 13 and three, it's basically the same. It's basically the same. And, and so why is one performance relative to expectation so different? And and Kevin Stefanski, who is the guy that I hear a lot being talked about, the Browns had a higher Vegas win total before the year in a lot of places. A higher win total. So why are we acting like this was supposed to be a 4-12 and team? Why are we supposed to be acting like a year ago with Freddie guest half bathrooms that everyone wasn't picking the Browns to go 11-5, and 12-4 and, and be a Super Bowl team? The Packers have outperformed expectations. But because of Aaron Rodgers' MVP, and I, I think... That MVP candidacy is is clouding some of this. And, and even last year when he wasn't an MVP, LaFleur didn't get the respect he deserved for resetting the culture, for taking a 6-9-1 team, a team that was in disarray, that had grown, grown toxic culturally. Fundamentally, this team was looking for leadership and guidance, and it got it from Matt LaFleur. He reset it. And to a man, the players in the locker room talk about his impact in empowering them, in making them better. And yet, they go 13-3. and They improve seven wins over the year before. And because Aaron Rodgers is there, LaFleur can't get any credit. Because everyone, when the Packers hired Matt LaFleur, thought, oh, what are they doing? What are they doing? This guy, he wasn't even good in Tennessee. It's just because he once shook Sean McVay's hand that he's getting this job. And he has the bad first press conference. He seems shaky. He seems clammy hand. It, it, it all is about confirming your priors. Well, Aaron, it turns out Aaron Rodgers is just great. Not Matt LaFleur. Couldn't be Matt LaFleur. It couldn't be one of the best play designers and play callers in football, that he's ascended to that level in two years. No, it couldn't be that. It has to be all Aaron Rodgers, even though when Patrick Mahomes throws 50 touchdowns and becomes this young phenom, everyone understands that one of the core reasons is that Andy Reid is the best offensive mind of his generation or one of them. Everyone agrees that that's what happened. But we love Andy Reid. Andy Reid has been around a long time. And he has gone through trials and tribulations. He has gone through the proverbial gauntlet in the eyes of NFL fans. Had to leave Philly. Goes to Kansas City. Struggles with with some early losing there. They add Alex Smith. And all of a sudden, we remember, oh yeah, Andy Reid. Really good at this. Matt LaFleur comes in. Now he is this up-and-comer. Handsome guy comes in. He's gonna he's gonna be the guy to 
to shepherd Aaron Rodgers into the twilight years of his prime and the end of his career? Come on. And yet here we are. And he's the winningest coach in NFL history to this point in his career. We have not seen a coach start his career like this in Green Bay. We we haven't seen it. So we have to acknowledge that for all of the reasons that Aaron Rodgers, the improvement over last season, one of the core reasons is because of Matt LaFleur. And they didn't improve the roster. And yet they're better. They've had a difficult schedule, and yet they are now the number one offense in the league. They've had a top 10 defensive schedule. They're the number one offense by DVOA ahead of the Kansas City Chiefs. Matt LaFleur looks like one of the best coaches in football. And if we are honest about what the expectations were coming into the season, what the narratives were, then we have to acknowledge that his case from a narrative standpoint and from a real on-the-field productivity standpoint, he deserves to be in this conversation. Maybe he doesn't deserve to win it, but he deserves to be in this conversation for Coach of the Year. Before we get to Lily, let's talk about our friends at Built Bar. Built Bar is the best-tasting protein bar Ever. It's the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, and now it's even more delicious with six new flavors caramel brownie, cookies and cream, carrot cake. That's to go with flavors like salted caramel, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, German chocolate, and so many more. They're all 100% covered in chocolate, soft and easy to chew, and they're low calorie, low sugar, high protein, and high. Fiber. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON to get 20% off your next order. That's promo code LOCKEDON to get 20% off at BuiltBar.com. Coming up later in the week on Locked on Packers, we have our crossover Thursday and, of course, our live show on Friday to get you set for everything Packers-Panthers Saturday night in prime time. Our live show on Periscope 530 Central. Don't miss it. All right, week 14 in the books. We are on to week 15, the Carolina Panthers and the Green Bay Packers in prime time, which means it is time because it's Wednesday to ask the most important question of the week. Lily Zhao from Fox 6 in Milwaukee. Zhao, you doing? Zhao, you doing, Peter? I'm doing great. And I just will say this, though. You know, people have been tweeting, Zhao, you're doing at me. So I'm really just really happy that it's the, our phrase is catching on. The phrase you thought is catching on. But I'm doing great. I love it. I love it. That's so great. Uh, feel free to uh, do that to, to me as well and tag Lily in it uh, whenever you want. Um, and and uh, I, I'm glad that, that people are enjoying it. Uh, I'm enjoying it too. So let's uh, let's keep it going. And, and we get to keep it going this week uh, with you coming off one of the more exciting days that you've had since you've been in Milwaukee because you've been you made your move you know mid covid the bucks signed Giannis Antetokounmpo and and you were out chasing that story Aaron Rodgers gets asked about it on the Pat McAfee show because he's a part owner has not been asked uh, to front any money yet but it is pretty unique that if you're a Wisconsin sports fan you get to cheer for those two guys and and we could have MVPs in the same year. 
Yeah, and, and that's the fun part. And then you add in Christian Yelich, who also uh, congratulated Giannis, I think, via his Instagram. So it's, yeah, you have three MVPs in the state, and two of them, you know, have a good shot of potentially winning it again. Not saying Christian obviously hopefully can too. But it's just a fun time. And it was just, you know, this is what makes it so exciting is that <clears throat> because, like, you know, the Bucks are a quote-unquote small market team there, there was right. a big hoopla there wasn't in, in any sort of like inside scoop like Giannis broke his own contract extension mm-hmm. one who tweeted that hey i signed the supermax i'm staying in milwaukee in the next five years so that was fun to see like i wish we would have you know heard him talk but i'm sure we will very shortly um but yeah it just was a fun day just to be chasing that story and knowing that the greek freaks in town for the next half a decade do you think there is any Pull because like when LeBron was a free agent, that LeBron Wade and Bosch free agency, there was like talk about, oh, Jay-Z and the Nets, like that's going to influence him. Do you think the fact that Aaron Rodgers is now a part of the Bucks organization has any effect, not on Giannis necessarily, but just like on the cachet that they have now? I mean, they got the new arena. Aaron Rodgers is in the mix. Like it, they're not Cleveland or Detroit in the same kind of way, right? Yeah, 100%. And it's like, you know, having a guy like Giannis, it's like, it's really made this town fun. Um, Because yeah, it's like, we don't know the Packers are so important. That's why we do this podcast. But it's nice knowing that, you know, two hours south, you know, uh, alongside the Brewers, there's an, you know, the Bucks, and they're really renovate or rejuvenating uh, the NBA basketball in this town. And that's really fun to see with the Deer District and, and Fiserv and all that stuff. But yeah, having a guy like Giannis, like Aaron Rodgers, like Christian Yelich, it does bring some cachet to the state of Wisconsin and the sports teams that we have here. Two hours south, huh? You think it's two hours? Interesting. <laughs> An hour forty? Yeah. Now. <laughs> hour and a half if you're if you're really if you're really flying. Uh, definitely not. Definitely not after a Packer game. After yeah. a Packer game, I mean, it's it. When I was when I drove from Green Bay to Seattle after or Green Bay to Milwaukee, well, Green Bay to Seattle would be a trek. Oh, geez. Green Bay to Milwaukee after the Seattle game last year in like 15 inches of snow. I think it took me like three and a half hours just because oh. it was absolutely brutal i was i was on side roads i was in west bend on you know county road that hadn't been plowed and then i got home and realized i was almost out of gas and just like had never realized because i was just white knuckling it the whole way up in green bay i was like oh is this 10 minute drive gonna get any longer (laughs) it that is the nice thing about green bay is everything is is within 15 minutes um, and, and the Packers are going to be in, in Green Bay on Saturday. Uh, it will not be 15 inches of snow, hopefully, on the ground. It doesn't seem like that's going to be the case, but it is going to be a cold game. Is this going to be important, do you think, for the Packers to lay the smack down a little bit against a team that is, you know, let's be honest, not as good as them and, and a team that they should beat? They are 10-point favorites uh, by betonline.ag and... Uh, this is something that I think has been a point of discussion. We talked about it with Olivia Reiner yesterday. If you want Lambeau field to be a home field advantage, then you sort of have to help make it that by, by beating up these teams at Lambeau field. 100%. And if you look at the, the remaining schedule, it's if they beat Carolina, if they beat the bears, they can, you know, we don't want them to lose a game, but if they do lose to the Titans per se, they still have a great shot of keeping that number one seed because Kansas City plays New Orleans this week. And, you know, I don't know the status of Drew Brees, but you have to like the Chiefs in that game. So if all this stuff falls in favor of the Packers, I'm like, you know, regardless of what happens against Tennessee, they're getting that number one seed. So you need to win on Saturday. 
But like you mentioned, you know, outside of that, it's, you know, they are the better team. So you don't want to just play down to competition because, again, it's the playoffs that you're heading into. And you want to be playing your best football in this month because you're revving up for the postseason. So, again, yeah, we want to see the Packers come out and score quickly, have the defense stop this Panthers offense. And I know uh, Chris McCaffrey looks like he's not going to be playing, which is a good sign for the Packers defense. But, yeah, you want this team to lay the smack down. You want to get just get that home field advantage back and that that feel for the the limited fans that are going to be there at Lambeau on Saturday. And uh, it's a primetime game. So, hey, why not, right? I, I opened the show with this discussion about Matt LaFleur, and I wrote about it for Acme Packing Company yesterday. There are some other candidates, certainly for coach of the year out there. And and it seems like the the shine is off Mike Tomlin a little bit. And, you know, Kevin Stefanski loses, although in a in a terrific game on Monday night. But why is Matt LaFleur not more in the center of these discussions, do you think? And do you think he deserves it? I, I really do. Um, you know, I was able to ask Marquez a couple weeks ago, asked Aaron Jones yesterday. I'm like, you know, what do you think about Matt LaFleur for coach of the year? And they're like, yeah, he's our guy. And, you know, rightfully so. But if you look at the body of work that he's done the last two seasons, only six losses. And he's played extremely well against division rivals, only one loss to the Vikings, two NFC titles. And I know people are going to say, oh, well, it's just because he has Aaron Rodgers. And I'm like, yeah, but, you know, he's the guy calling the plays. He's the guy coming up with the scheme. And it's Rodgers, of course, executing it to perfection. But you have to give Matt LaFleur a lot of credit. And, you know, if he can take this team really far in the playoffs, it's like, why can't he win coach of the year? Because, yeah, there are other other good candidates out there. But the body of work that Matt LaFleur has had, you know, this second year especially, and looking at how good this offense is, I I think he should be a shoe in for it. Um, and his te- and his guys really feel the same way. And, you know, I think he really should be rewarded for it. And hopefully we'll see. But I, I just think it's because they're like, oh, he has Aaron Rodgers. It's too easy. But it's no, it's not. Well, and and look, no one no one thinks Andy Reid isn't a great coach because he is Patrick Mahomes. And no one thought Bill Belichick wasn't a great coach because he had Tom Brady. So I, it's one of those things where I just feel like this season, maybe is cementing the LaFleur legacy a little bit. We we usually give this award to someone who like they go four and twelve and then, you know, ten and six. The Packers are obviously not gonna do that. But I don't know if you remember this, Lily, but I, I kept hearing from everyone last year that they were they were a fraudulent 13 and three, the worst 13 and three team ever. They, you know, eight wins in Vegas, they're over under like it, we we can't pretend like before the year everyone thought this was going to be a Super Bowl contender. Yeah, and, you know, that's what we were hoping for. And I know everyone's going to say, oh, well, the Packers' schedule was really easy this year. I'm like, yeah, but they don't they can't pick who they're playing. It's just that's what they're given. Um, yeah, but you, you have to believe that this is a Super Bowl contending team and they want to show it on Saturday. And then if that's the case, it's like, why can't Matt LaFleur win it? You know, uh, his body of work is great. He's a young coach in the league. He's taken this offense, which, you know, was stagnant for the last couple years of Mike McCarthy's reign and really taking it to new heights and and really utilize the guys that he has very well within his scheme. So, you know, I think he's deserving for sure. As we look at this Panthers team and this game, this is this is not the the Panthers defense that we have been used to seeing over the past few years, although Jeremy Chin is a legitimate defensive rookie of the year candidate for them. Um, you know, they they have some some foundational pieces, but it's not a great team. But offensively though, Robbie Anderson, DJ Moore, 
Um, you know, they have some Curtis Samuel. They've got some skill talent. They can they can score in these games. What are you most concerned about from the Packers standpoint in terms of, you know, if if Carolina can do this thing, then Green Bay is really going to have to scratch and claw to win this game. Well, it's not even just them in general. I think it's like, can they just can they defend this green pass? Because that just killed them last week. But, <laughs> <Right>. you know, <laughs> I just wanted to put that out there. But, um, you know, looking at Teddy Bridgewater, I know this team has struggled. They haven't really been good late in games. They've just had a lot of bad drives down the stretch, which is not what you want to see from a team. But again, it's just like you don't want Teddy Bridgewater to beat you with his feet and then just keep these drives alive, especially on third and long. Um, I really do think it's the creativity of Teddy Bridgewater. He's still a good player. Um, I know he's he's struggled this year, but I, I think it's just don't let him get going and don't let him keep this Panthers offense on the field when Aaron Rodgers is on the sideline. So I, I think you know the defense still has to be wary, but again, it's they should win this game. It's just a matter of like, can they just impose their will early and often and then just really kill kind of any spark that Carolina might have? And of course, it also helps that uh, McCaffrey – most likely will not play. Is there anything, you know, Matt LaFleur says four quarters. I want to see four quarters of defense. Is there something in particular you want to see in this game? I mean, maybe the run defense thing is not as as essential this week without Christian McCaffrey. What do you want to see from this defense that'll that'll maybe give you some confidence as they face off in a week with the Titans who are are clearly the best team they're going to play the rest of the way and maybe the, the, the best team that they're going to play until like, you know, the NFC Championship game potentially. Yeah, I, I think you hit the the point right there. I think it's, you know, they have to continue being really stout against the run. I think they need to get pressure on Teddy Bridgewater, not let him, you know, escape contain. Um, I, I think if they can get pressure up front, obviously they've been very successful. Hey, maybe get a takeaway or two. Um, but I would say that's kind of the, the best thing, especially um, on defense when you're playing a cold game at Lambeau. It's you got to tackle well and you don't want these guys to escape. Um, I would say that, but then I think we also have to look at special teams. It's, can we not just give up a big return? That'd be nice. Uh, <laughs> have to take a big leap forward on Saturday. TBD on that one. Um, as we, as we finish up here, uh, it, are we, are we not talking enough about the return of Quadzilla? Could this be the game where AJ Dillon, you know, starts to starts to be that that December back that this team thought they were getting when they drafted him. You hope so. Um, you know, will his carries increase from kind of what he was getting pre-COVID? Uh, I don't think so. But again, maybe it's a situation where hey, the Packers could be up big in the fourth quarter and they just like to pull Aaron and Jamal and just see what he has. But yeah, this is the point where you're like, okay, we drafted you kind of for this reason. Um, it's to have you kind of really dominate in cold weather games, even though he hasn't played in a long time. But yeah, this would be a great game to showcase those skills and just kind of get him back in the rotation and get him back to getting hit um, by a different team here. But I would be excited to see if they actually gave him some extra carries, but don't know if it'll happen. Um, but it would certainly be exciting to see because, again, once A.J. Dillon gets in the game, the, the quad tweets are going to be like through the roof. So and maybe probably on the broadcast. Too. Yeah, this this account, uh, including and especially because I, I love a quad tweet. Uh, we, we get a Saturday game, which means a nice, relaxing Sunday and, and hopefully uh, after a Packers win. Lily, we'll talk next week. Thanks, Peter. Thanks again for Lily for joining the show. Always great to get her insight. 
love talking to her, and I know she had plenty to do yesterday dealing with all of the Giannis and Tedekumbo news, which is awesome for the Milwaukee Bucks, awesome for Wisconsin sports fans, and really awesome for the city of Milwaukee, which is near and dear to my heart. That's my my hometown. It's where I grew up. So great to see Giannis stay there. And, and maybe the way Aaron Rodgers is playing, he can stay in Green Bay a couple more years. We'll be back tomorrow for Crossover Thursday in our live show, of course, coming up on Friday, Periscope 530 with the game set for Saturday. NFL Network, local markets, it'll be on Fox Otherwise, uh, you will uh, have to search for it a little bit, unfortunately. But we will be here all week to make sure you are as prepped as possible. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter, Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers. And anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked on Packers fan hotline, you can do that, 920-341-3775 to stay Locked on Packers.